This is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that firmly believes jane fonda's workout crawled so that sweating to the oldies could run <laughs> my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode <laughs> we're closing out our celebration of all hollows eve by enrolling into the shenanigans of 1989's Chud 2, Bud the, the Chud. Chud. And whether you've built a bra bomb or not, you can <laughs> listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your butthole. It's gross. It's just gross. Well, I, guess, I guess technically you can find us Getting gross out on social media. Budding around. Budding around as it is. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on both uh, Blue Sky on and Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. But it is only on the Book of Face where we have an events tab which leads to shenanigans and frozen beef shenanigans. And as this episode will be releasing on Friday, October 27th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, Head on over to Screenland.com, where you will find they have your frozen beef shenanigans taking care of indoors, outdoors, and probably virtually. Better yet, go to the Friday Night Fright tab, and on the Friday this episode is releasing Genius McGee, mm-hmm. we're closing out our final Shocktober Friday Night Fright with the Stone Cold Classic, uh, and a movie that is still continuing mm-hmm. to this day. We're going to get the seventh entry sometime next year. Mm-hmm. By our good buddy, uh, Christopher Landon. Is it Christopher Landon? It's Christopher Landon. Landon. I'm excited. It's 1996's Scream. This is Wes Craving, and again, redefining another decade of horror. Yep, showing him how, showing him how it's done. He's incredible, and I just it's such a good one to see in the theater. And still six movies deep. Uh, it, seven movies deep to say like the first one is the best, best you know yeah. still with as many people who have come in and out of the franchise and whatnot but that thing played it launched a whole new type of horror with the whole i know that there was meta horror sure. before it but not as much as after that and the fact that it's been gateway horror for a lot of horror fans mm-hmm. even continuing to this day i've actually got a co-worker uh, her daughter loves horror because of Scream, and loves all things Scream. Yeah. So this one's going to be a good one to see up on the big screen. Now, that being said, opening up our first Friday Night Fright of November. Fuck yes, I cannot wait. <clears throat> I don't know how to describe this movie other than, because if it's a musical, people are like, oh, I don't like musicals. But it is, but it isn't, because mm-hmm. it's set in a music house. I tell people it's, it's Disco Phantom of the Opera, and like, ah, and like, but it's the only thing I can tell people about Phantom of the Paradise 
is this movie has absolutely no right being as good as it is. This movie is spectacular. What I'm excited is this is only going to be the third time I've seen the film. Mm-hmm. First time I watched it was for the main feed. Second time I watched it was for a commentary track. And now third time, completing the triumphant in the theater. Right. As a Friday Night Fright proper. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Really excited. I mean, it's really excited. So, so, so and good. Special shout out film family member Marie, I mm-hmm. know, is another huge proponent of this movie. I would say this might be De Palma's best. This is the, this is it's, the, we, as we talked yeah. about it, yeah. this is the best sampling of De Palma you can get. This is the distilled pure De Palma. About the, the only thing you don't get, and you only get like, pervy adjacent right because again he's our favorite cinematic pervert right but this is gateway de palma uh-huh but it's also might i mean peak de palma yeah, as absolutely well. he's he's on all cylinders in this one really really looking forward to that now uh the uh, the lone repertory screening that's going on the weekend of the 27th and actually i will be there uh it's gonna be a first time viewing for me mm-hmm. but if anything uh within the last three years my favorite thing that we've started doing is Kaijun mm-hmm. and exploring the world of giant monsters. Yeah. But even better is when I get to see him for the first time up on the big screen. And I've been able to do that a few times, but <laughs> of the of the eras we've talked about, because like <laughs> show is great. Yeah. Heisei's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But the millennium area where era, he's evil. Well, and then when and they just everything is crazy. Yeah. Everything is enhanced. The people, the monsters. Uh, Godzilla 2000, the one that kicked off that particular era, I'm going to be seeing it for the first time. Nice. So excited. Nice. So excited. So this is kind of like, not quite, what was it, the last era that you were at where you, you went in with oh, the very last Final Wars? One. Yeah. This particular era? Yeah. yeah. I went all backwards. So I started with Final Wars. I then took in the scariest Godzilla film since the first one. It's a Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mothra, All Out Monsters Attack. Mm-hmm. It's the one where Godzilla has the beyond eyes. Yeah. Scary as all get out. But this is the one that really kicked off that whole nothing is off the table, everything is crazy. Really, really looking forward to that. I love the different eras of Godzilla. I'm looking forward to minus one. Oh, and which I do believe we're going to be able to see here at Screenland. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, yes. <laughs> and Because we missed out on Shin when it first came out. You're right. So kicking weak because I saw it playing at Tapcade. Yeah. And I was like, I I wasn't into the giant monster movies at the time. And I should have gone. I'm like, ah, you know what? It sounds cool. But like at the same time, like, I guess also my love wasn't rekindled as much. Sure. You know, I think it, that's the other good thing about this. That's the great thing about Kaijun. <laughs> like, it just just threw more coal in the fire. It's atomic breath level because like <laughs> just feed as much Kaiju. It almost is like nostalgic kid-like for me you know just like yes just something pure about smashy smashy and then i'm taking you're taking that ride with me because a lot of them are first time viewings Mm -hmm. for me as well but fucking minus one really looking forward to it too now then also closing out the last weekend of shocktober this is the last time we're going to shock you quick Uh uh-huh the last time of the the uh, films that are going to be playing and another one that i know i'm going to be at uh horror of dracula Mm -hmm. of course the other one I'm also going to be at, because this is also going to be a first-time viewing, is The Others. Uh-huh. Oh, you'll like that one. Uh, Hell House LLC. I want to see that one. We'll be playing. I've only seen it one time. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh, that's classic. Going to be doing Ernest Scared uh, Stupid Outdoors. Get your milk. 
I, I wonder if I'm lactose intolerant. Unprofessional. <laughs> I wonder if like my lactose intolerant goes for milk. We haven't. We didn't try that. We didn't put it to the test when we did because we did a main feed up. We actually had a uh, Alan Jeff from the Cadaver Cast on. Yeah, for that. You know, I'm glad we didn't do it at the Tapcade days because if we did it at the Tapcade days, we probably would be trying milk. Yeah. One way or another, yeah. and you would have had a bad reaction. Yeah. Anything for nerds in this, the live show, right? Right. <laughs> but then on Halloween, you can do a double feature of Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat, uh -huh. and the OG Halloween from 1978. See, that's going to be my double feature. You know, I'm well, thinking that's, that's going to be my home double feature, because that's... How long have you been doing that as your for, home double feature? For a long time. It would always be Trick or Treat or something else, but Trick or Treat, because if I don't get Halloween in at some point in time during the season... Mm-hmm. And then it goes on Halloween night. But I haven't got it in so far this year. So I think it might have to be. But I always stay home. I, I rarely, 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 rarely get trick-or-treaters. But I like to stay home for the option just in the case. You know, because it's part of traditions. In traditions, if anything, especially in this household here, mm -hmm. that is important. Tra Halloween traditions are extremely important. The, the jack-o'-lantern won't go out until midnight. Well, then also happening on the 28th, mm -hmm. uh, we are going to be guest judges yes. at the at the Independent Film Council of Kansas City Horror Film Case and sponsor, helped out by with the Kansas City Horror Club with guest judges, Nightmare Junkhead. I'm stoked. I cannot wait to meet the next generation of local Kansas City filmmakers because yeah. everything everybody's been putting out so far has been super rad. And that can only mean that the next generation with with them, with like Jill and Patrick and Todd and everybody else, all those other cats with them as inspiration to the oh, yeah, next generation. Good. I cannot wait to see what they bring out. And ideally, it's going to be a great experience to see it up on the big screen. Yeah, because uh, you remember when we were watching Jill's shorts? Oh, yeah. For the first time? Oh, yeah. So, we were watching Patrick's shorts? So proud. Right. This it's, is great. I'm. This is going to be awesome. And this is going to be happening at the old Glenwood Theater, mm -hmm. uh, downtown Overland Park. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. So, yeah, good things going to be occurring there. And let's just say I know um, everyone's a winner when it comes to this, but uh, Genius just showed me one of the prizes. That's really rad. Isn't that That's rad? That's really rad. No, but I am also very much looking forward to it. And like you said, it's just seeing that next group of filmmakers that ideally – we get to see grow mm -hmm. and seeing it up on the big screen. Hope to see all of you out there for that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, whether we see you indoors or outdoors, uh, it is always good to see you all palling around with film families. But hey, genius, if I'm talking film family, a bellies. We also have our own little collection of film family hanging out with us at Patreon. Mm -hmm. And regardless of their tier, on the Friday this episode is releasing, uh, recently watched. From 1968, and it was on more of a... I just watched Barbarella for the first time. Horny, horny. Duran Duran and his orgasmatron. Uh, from the pretty, pretty to the fact that Demolition Man really cribs mm -hmm. from Barbarella in a lot of ways. You know that they probably have three <laughs> the three seashells somewhere in the Barbarella. Eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1968, uh, we also got uh, Danger Diabolic. Which was that French spy noir flick. Where he's all gimped out? It's, 
Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. I had yeah. Flashes. He's gimped out. He's reverse. He's reverse um, superhero. I had a revert kind of a, a shakal <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> Never, but several but times. instead of. Well, that's because there is an amazing Ennio Morricone score behind that film. Mm-hmm. It, it and I have never heard it before. It immediately jumped to like top five Morricone scores that I enjoy. It is that good, but it's super stylistic. It is sleek. It's it's sexy. Yeah, it is. It's everything I was anticipating it to be, and I was familiar with it because uh, there's a band called Phantomas. Uh huh. That's that was that, sampled. Uh, the Mike Patton yeah. super group I told uh-huh. you about. So it was and that's nice my to, music to make your old love to your old lady too. too. Beloved, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And the education of Genius McGee continues. continues. <laughs> so it was nice to actually reverse engineer into the film proper. Uh, so to have access to that and so much more, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And we've actually got a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, this in fact we actually released our new horror episode where we talked totally killer uh-huh that was fun and, that was fun and fun is kind of the byline and the through line yeah that we're trying to kind of move forward here with the rest of the year we're a podcast of positivity we gotta let that shit show even yeah. though, even when there's onion of the belt and you know what it's kind of fitting the onion of the belt because when you cut onions you cry <laughs> <laughs> well and it's honestly it's it's easier to it's easier to be positive when you're having fun. Exactly. And especially when you're having fun with stuff that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But what's even better, and when we we were looking at the month of October, we knew we were only going to really have two episodes that kind of had to be themed, if anything. So we decided, let's Halloween-based movies, because, God, so many There's a lot. films. There's a lot. TV specials. Talking off mic how much fun the Paul Lind Halloween it special was. was. It, it was crunchy. <laughs> There we need more Paul Lind. He was great. Well, we just need, we just love, you know, anything that is celebrating, you know, Halloween. And again, as we, as you, as you can't see, but as I see here, you know, it is Halloween year round, right? At this household, but also that means you maybe break out something a little bit more special. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. And what was the best part of this was I realized. I only watched uh, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, for the first time last year mm-hmm. as part of the whole I've seen that challenge. Liked it. But the one thing that was always in the back of my mind was, it's a Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. And then going in going, okay, well, we're going to do Halloween movies. We did The Guest, which, thank you, Dustin Pryor, being right. the guest on The Guest. But then I knew it was we had to close out with one extra film. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's crazy the fact that Number one, we haven't done an episode proper of Chud, but I know number two, you hadn't seen Bud the Chud. Mm-mm. And I think because I, I, when I was younger, it was Chud was such a traumatic experience for me. <laughs> that, maybe like, that's why we haven't done an. Maybe episode that's proper. why we haven't done. But at the because I'll fucking to this day, fuck all that noise, dude. There's there's Chuds, there's Chuds in the sewers, Chuds and clowns, and not the good kind. Um, but yeah. But then when I heard it's a comedy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I like my Chud scary, mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't know if I can mix the two, because I also couldn't think in my mind, how can you make a comedy about, like, people living underground that eats people, you know? And I'm sure there's jokes to be had, 
you know, but like technically there are raps to be had, right? But the first chud, like, well, as there's raps mm-hmm, to be had, mm-hmm. the first chud is fucking serious and dour, and there's like proper fucking scary dealing with hobos and, and monsters. And chud itself, even though we haven't done an episode proper, to me it feels like as essential to this show as don't dream it, be it, mm-hmm. as it is in your DNA. As it, you live your life, yeah. According no, fuck to all that, that great movie. shit. Because as soon as you go over a grade, that's when the chud and, grabs you and pulls you down. And our apologies if you've known for if you've been with us since episode one. You're like, yeah, we yeah, get we it. Know, but, we know, we know. If this is your first time, you got to understand, like, legitimately, yeah. If you ever walk in a cityscape with one genius McGee, no, I will not go over grades, especially will. those ones with the, the, the that just are greats. Like a long no, ass. because I know I know because <laughs> I'm a big dude and I don't trust this uh, industrial integrity of like those fucking slat grates. Because <laughs> the last thing I need to do is look down and fucking see alligator mm-hmm. or a clown mm-hmm. or fucking a chud. No, no, no. So. I avoid that problem. I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm a risk taker. I'll roll the dice and a lot of shit. Definitely but things in the sewers. Deal no. breakers. Right. No, no. Well, and Chud for me is also that movie that for some reason I always disremember, misremember that it's directed by Larry Cohen. Uh-huh. And I think because it has such that a 42nd Street gritty feel, except though you add Daniel Stern. You add, um, uh, oh Christ Almighty, Kevin McAllister's dad. Yeah, Heard. Yeah, John Heard. John Heard. And then you add, um, then cameos by John Goodman. John Goodman. Those, and that's the joy of this film. The Chuds themselves, and and that's the other thing. When you go back to this movie, you you forget that they're they're kind of on the periphery for the most yeah. part. Like you said, it's They're more jaw- of Jaws like because mm-hmm. you only see bits and pieces of the Jaws until the big buildup. I mean, it's a proper creature feature. I know it's not everybody's favorite, and I know that I a lot of people are like, yeah, Chad's fine, you know. And I I know that I'm looking at it through those like fear, fear nostalgia color. glasses. <laughs> because at six years old seeing the trailer for yep. on the big screen just New fear unlocked. Just I never even thought about it until that trailer, and now it's just scared the shit out of me. So <laughs> when I finally saw it, not until way later in life, when I was more—I'm not still—I'm not a rational adult by any means, says Sander. But when I was a little bit more rational than six years fucking old, and I watched it. I was petrified. I'm like, that's what that fucking thing in there—the big eyes and the the humunculus—you know—because I don't like humunculi things anyway. Again, firmly established over 400 right? some odd episodes. So, and then, so such a base fear of mine yeah. that that and rats are like of unknown origin. Fuck all the mm-hmm. noise, right? <laughs> Why well, I got cats, man. I'm setting myself up. They're my unholy army of the night. So, <laughs> so, no. So, when I heard, like, oh, it's a comedy, I'm like, no, I can't. I can't, I can't abide by that because, like, I, I don't know. Because I, I love horror and comedy, and I love when you mix the you two together. You're a proponent of the horror comedy. But I'm also kind of a purist at times, I guess. So maybe that's why I never indulged in Bud the Judd. So rather than John Hurd and Daniel Stern, what if I gave you the inclusion of one Garrett Graham? Right? Well, everything with this beef horror is comedy, better. Right? Beef always makes things better. He makes better. a good base. And Garrett Graham himself. and He's wonderful. A character actor that genre fans 
kind of instantly identify and know mm-hmm. and is always one of those cats that whenever he shows up and be it for like a bit part in chopping mall right when he's like the the, 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 the nudie security mag looking, the nudie mag. yeah but he always plays such a different character he's, i mean he's so chameleonistic because his character in phantom of paradise friday night frights come on down mm-hmm. uh is so wildly different than the chopping mall character so wildly different than the character in uh used cars so wildly <laughs> different than bud the chud yeah. and none of them are anything remotely alike and that's the hallmark of a good character actor when like hey it's that guy but you don't know what he's gonna do mm-hmm. you know kind of like harry dean stanton he can be good. He can be bad. He can be an asshole. He can be a jerk. He can be a family man. He can be the hero, the villain. You don't know. You just know he's going to look weathered. He's just going to look, come in, say some sage advice, do some weird shit and bounce. Same thing with Garrett Graham. Garrett Graham. Yeah, he's... And honestly, I've only become really, I think, truly appreciative of his work within probably since the time we've done the podcast, maybe even a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. But it's really through the podcast and through really exploring like, everything hey, in genre. Right. And even like with Phantom of the Paradise. I'm I'm really new to that movie. Again, I'm only watching it for the further time, but I knew of Beef mm-hmm. before Phantom of the I before I even knew the movie, I knew Garrett Graham almost stole the show in his brief performance as that. And that's what he does. Yeah. He comes in, steals the show, disappears back, and you're like, wait, who is that guy again? Like the like the gif just comes in, <laughs> sneers. <laughs> And then bounces. Does the chicken dance? The sneer. That goddamn sneer. His introduction oh, just like, yeah. It's stellar. It is so stellar. <laughs> and even here, he kind of has a sneer. Mm-hmm. And it's, this movie plays equal parts like Encino Man, equal parts. Weekend at Bernie's, equal part Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2. Two. Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. There's, and, and the closest, like, approximation i could get with this one would be definitely like a night of the creeps because night of the creeps there is a a college shenanigans movie going on right with a horror film with a sci-fi film with chud to but the chud it very much seems like they had a zombie college shenanigans movie and they're like had nothing to do with chuds let's just throw the name in there mm-hmm. why are they called chuds i don't know secret experiment it could probably stand for like Columbia House Underground uh, Dungeoneers. You know, as long as so it's like, not Columbia Records. Yeah, because those Columbia House was that's the one that fucking fucked you up with the penny. Yeah, dude. That, that's what the they Chuds would stand have for. The Chuds coming yeah, after you to be. collect their goon pennies. squad. Goons, hired goons, or uh, Chud goons, Chud goons. Yum yum. You know, so oh Christ Almighty. Well, and that is to be said. This movie definitely feels like, yeah, let's just throw the chuds in when we can. And it does. But I do believe they went from uh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers to something along the lines of contamination, hazard, urban disposal. Right. So and so it's like it's chud in pseudo name only. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like so that's what else. So that's. Not that I'm saying that I have beef with the movie because I really enjoyed it, but like like we were saying in <laughs> beef, we were never saying it's part this, part that, part this, part this, part this, part this, mm-hmm. but I never reached those levels. No, and that is to be, I'll say this right up front. This movie leans so much more into comedy goofball. than horror. Very goofball comedy. In fact, there's only about, there's a lots of 
eating and gore, mm-hmm. but you only really a lot of it's off screen. Well, almost all of it is off screen, except for one particular gag that we'll get Which to. Which is great. It's wonderful. But that is to be said. I still legit had fun with this movie. I had a blast with this movie. It does not take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. And you have to go into that mindset. Yes, you do. You have to go in. If you're going, because if I went in there looking for scares, like if I wasn't like, if, if I wasn't like prepped, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, okay, Chud 2. This time they're coming out of the ground and they're going to fuck up everybody, which they kind of do. They kind of do. But I'm like, I would be like, boo this man, you know? So like knowing that like it's a goofball comedy helped and not necessarily the veer from like evil dead into evil dead 2 right but kind of like from even further yeah it went from like even further than return of the living dead and return of the living dead 2 because return of the living dead started out as a horror comedy Mm -hmm. chud didn't there was nothing fucking fun left about chud at all right (laughs) so to go from that to like almost bugs bunny in levels of cartoonery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it never quite got to that joe dante level of insanity or people stretching out like the mask but it was right th- fucking there the toe was occasionally right. getting really it was more close. hannah barbera cartoon than chuck jones or looney tunes perfect analogy yeah because i could have easily seen any one of them break into song and dance which right? we practically get a few times in the film. Or like a chud leaning up as he was munching on somebody. It's a living! And then like go back to eating things, you know? A little more grounded, but still cartoony antics. Like the ambulance, then this is not a spoiler at all, mm-hmm. but fucking the running gag of oh, uh, the-, the gurney flying out of the ambulance and just going downhill. The coasting cadaver. Just great. That made us both laugh. Right. And like, I, I'm glad it came back multiple times because I'm like, if it doesn't, that one, missed opportunity for comedy, boo. And two, come on, it's right there. So like, well, I'll even say this. The title sequence itself with the bite being taken out of mm-hmm. it kind of sets the stage that this isn't going to be, sh- shouldn't be taken seriously. 100% seriously. But see, they also like... When you see bites taken out of it, you know that it's going to be lighthearted. But critters had the same thing, and while yeah, and that was that leaned a little bit more into horror. But at the same time, I think you could see that everybody was having fun. Oh, but th- this was Beef's show. It, he was head of the class. Uh, nice segue into one Brian Robbins, which at another legion of people he is he's actually associated more with i think like children's programming now yeah like a director and producer but no he along with so many kids and let me ask you this howard hessman or billy Connolly? howard hessman okay howard hessman i liked billy Connolly a lot but i watched the howard hessman one more because like it's dr venus flytrap he's a teacher now no it's not no it's uh no uh, johnny Johnny fever Fever. johnny fever is a teacher now I'm gonna watch it. I oh, I legit love. I liked Arvid. He was my favorite. That was your boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I, I kind of I kind of crushed on the redhead. Oh yeah. And absolutely. Also, Robin Givens back in the day. Right. You forget how stacked that cast was, and uh, Brian Robbins played kind of the the mulleted bad boy. Mm-hmm. And right. in here, Brian mulleted bad boy. <laughs> Not yeah, saying he's typecasted, <laughs> but well, he's part of the, the the trio we get in this film, and. It was during the uh, the credits, number one, both of us were having the Rick Dalton moments. Oh, with yeah. With the identification of, well, oh, shit. June Lockhart. Okay, June Lockhart and Norman Fell. Right. Right off the bat. Number one, 
aging I, both of us. Yeah, and unless unless some of you younger kids watch MeTV <laughs> or any of those like rerun channels okay, on channel. Like, well, even I was like, what the hell's MeTV? It's you know when you have it on tin, uh, antenna and you're just flipping through the channels. I, I don't know of this antenna ah, thing. Well, there's channels on antenna TV still. See? Right, and MeTV shows nothing but reruns. Reruns. Oh it's just God. the nothing but rerun channel. I mean, there's like it's, a block, a block coming up next, an hour long episode of Mama's Family, or like they'll show like Jesus like Sanford and Son or fucking like so all the it, shit that we grew es- up with. Essentially, okay, the shit that we grew up with. Now that being said, because there's a big distinction from sitcoms in the seventies into sitcoms, sitcoms in the eighties. Yeah. Right? Well, even regard, yeah, it's well because those seventies sitcoms lean heavily into. The kind of shit you can't say today. Mm-hmm. All in the family. Right. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. But it was June Lockhart. It was Lost in Space Maud. Mm-hmm. And then it was Norman Fell, who's like Norman fucking Fell. He's been Three's in company, man. Now, and I just recently, like, what the hell did I just watch him recently in? Him and Robert Vaughn, I think, both in Bullet. And, and Robert Vaughn. And Robert Vaughn. And they even said... What do you think he's going to play? And I'm like, somebody crusty. Somebody crusty. <laughs> and I'm not, I think, again, like you mentioned, I think everyone understood the assignment right. in terms of what to bring to the role. But kind of the slapdashery, buffoonery, absurd general that he played, mm-hmm. he, you could tell he was relishing it. Right. But at the same time, not completely devouring scenery in mass. He but was just chewing no, up enough. And spitting it out. And Robert Vaughn, actually, and to this day, you talk about the stuff that freaked you out when you were young. I've always mentioned um, Superman 3. Superman 3 when he's the bad guy? And he's and his sister's the one that gets sucked into the computer, but he's got a line in that film when he's talking to Richard Pryor, and he's like, I asked you to kill Superman, and you couldn't do that one simple thing. And it's in that Robert Vaughn voice. He's intense. He's great. He's, he's intense because he's always like... Even when he's lighthearted here, she's like, dude, I don't trust you, man. You're fucking mean. You're going to yell at me. That j- he's always been a part of authority. Right. He looks, he's going to be crusty. the guy. Yes, he's going to be the guy that's going to tell you no, why why you're wrong, and why you should feel bad for doing what you did. Him and uh, John Vernon need to do like an anti-body, anti-body cop where they're like two cops that hate each other because they both play by their own rules. Oh, my God. Well, anytime, and actually, when did... Why did oh yeah we had the fraternity vacation trailer from Fright Night yeah where he plays again a crusty because whenever you see Robert Vaughn or whenever you see <laughs> John, John Vernon they're playing somebody crusty and you gotta have you gotta have someone to play against right and in this film where his whole thing is to basically <laughs> like talk down to teenagers in this case and threaten to threaten blow people them, yes and threaten to blow people up and have a ball doing it I'm gonna kill oh, everybody I can't wait. Well, and then I'll say this, a special shout out to the parents of um, Brian Robbins' character, Steve, especially the dad, and the back and forth when they're watching like the, the documentary. Uh, Penguin, he's there. Yeah, I thought that Eskimo was uh, going somewhere fancy. Just a penguin. Just a penguin. Constantly. S- and- salmon. <laughs> I like salmon. They're good people. He's like this Non-sequiturs. weird- Non-sequiturs. Right, weird Patrick Warburton-esque, like- and he's oh, another guy, Jack Riley, uh, that guy, mm-hmm. working actor. Right, like his IMDb is intimidating. But then I think another nice little moment for us that wasn't in the credits, and another goddamn age signifier. 
Wait, Larry Cedar was in everything though. That he was in the thing. Oh yeah, like this is. Oh, uh, who's the age signifier? Oh, uh, well, let me ask you this: If I say not necessarily the news, uh-huh. uh huh, how would you counter to that? I come with a counterpoint. Okay, Jan, you stupid bitch. <laughs> um, Rich Hall, um, that whole thing, not necessarily the news. Stuart Pankin mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, this HBO, it was kind of. The Daily Show, but not The Daily Show before right. The Daily Show. But there was a, a guy that was part of it, Rich Hall. And all I, th- I think of Sniglets, son of Sniglets. Oh, he's the uh, impersonator. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's- shit. I, Rich Hall, I used to be a fan of Rich Hall because it's- I like, well, I mean, I like impersonations. I think impersonations are funny and I like mm-hmm. them. And I was like, he used to do a lot of voices. So, no, that I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then... What blew me for a loop was Mickey. <gasps> Mickey! And you immediately, I was like, I think that's Mickey. And you're like, no. No, nah, that's nah. a Puerto Rican dude. And they're like, no, it's Mickey. And they're like, oh, shit, it is. Well, let me just tell you this. If anyone tries to utilize the IMDb nowadays, it is a pain it's in the arsehole. Giant pain in the ass. The other one that really stood out also is Bianca Jagger, of for all no people. For no reasons. And she's like top build or something. Stunt re- casting. Do you recall her role in the Cannonball Run? Yeah. The she was sister to the out. Sheik? Uh-huh. She's hanging out, just chilling out. This movie just was filled with... It's and even loaded. the, the nurse loaded. from uh, Nightmare 2. Holy shit, Priscilla Pointer. Right? Oh, my God. It was... it. We were... Co- like, we had to basically stretch beforehand. We were constantly like, moving whoa, whoa, out of the whoa, seat. Whoa. And everybody's just taking a back seat to Garrett Graham and his buffoonery. That's just it, though. Everyone... Is a side character and a side piece to Garrett Graham. He is he stands like heads and tails above everything. But Brian Robbins' character was kind of insufferable. Yes, and he was that's kind of insufferable. He's playing the the trickster, the 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 nonchalant. Like, yeah, it's fine. The not the Bugs Bunny, but more like the eh, whatever. And the in cool some cat. in some movies it works, but I think for some reason with this one, like you said. I wasn't rooting against him the way we were um, with. Oh, what's his noodle? Boo this man! Oh, oh yeah, Christ Almighty! Whatever that experience was. I remember when we were like, "Man, this guy's got to die." We weren't saying he's got to die, but like, fucking dudes, take this a little bit more seriously. <laughs> you know, it just seemed out of place because there was some serious shit going down. Some very serious and shit, and especially when it was with Nerdlinger and Atlanta Miles, and like, oh. <laughs> Because, like, that whole weird love triangle between the three. Yeah. And Tra- Tracy Lynn Hefner. And Trisha Lee. He- Tr- no. Yeah. Trisha Lee. Hiss. Not Trisha. Tracy Lynn. Because that's. Trish, that's somebody different. Fright Night 2. Without Trisha a doubt. Lee Fisher. And she's great in this. as Katie. She is. She Katie. Is. Katie. <sighs> so, of all the, the people that we saw, mm-hmm. Rick Dalton moments in the credits, mm-hmm. cameos throughout, there's one standout. And it's a if you blink you'd miss him, but boy oh boy, it's so bizarre. And you were like, wait, hey, because it looks like it, he was just hanging out and on the set one like day, having to walk in and having to walk through. in, looking around, and like, hey, th- hey, that's Robert England. Film him real quick with all like incognito, and he's sitting there with a trench coat, looking so sketchy. just looking around like I'm gonna flash somebody. You're all you're all gonna my children now. Do the Freddy. Oh! <laughs> With his coat open. You, it's red and green. <laughs> you you channel that in with a little of his buck from eating alive. 
Oh, that's a terrifying cameo, man. My God. <laughs> but that's that's part of the beauty of this movie. Out of nowhere. Throughout. throughout. It's, in the middle of, like, it's in the middle of this goof scene. And then all of a sudden, like, is that Freddy Krueger just walking <laughs> just on the street? Walking through, just... just being a creep? Well, the other thing that you see through this film, and to the point, you could either have a traumatic drinking game or a fairly fun drinking game. Drink every time the Halloween flyer shows up for the Halloween dance. For the Halloween dance, the big Halloween dance. That's we're building up to the big choreographed oh, Halloween dance. Number of people doing a choreographed dance number. Which, it was it was weird. It felt like have you ever legit saw Mac and Me? Not just the meme. No, of it's the, an I've seen that for okay. me. Okay. There I actually saw it in the theater, right? And I've seen it a couple of times since then. I've seen Mac and Me at least three <laughs> really? or four times. Oh, my. Right? Sometimes it's goof watch, sometimes it's like Mystery Science Watch, but sure, I've seen. Sure, there's a scene in Mac and Me where they go to the McDonald's and <gasps> half the McDonald's are dancing mm -hmm. a choreographed number, and the other half are trying along. But there's a subsection that don't know what the fuck is going on either way. They're just looking around like I think I'm supposed to be here. That exact same feeling was the Halloween dance. Because there was half the people mm -hmm. dancing an actual choreographed dance number in the same time, in the same move. Half people just doing the whatever their 80s dance is. The 80s dance always reminded me of the dance in Peanuts, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Because mm -hmm. one kid, one girl would be doing this, and the other kid would be doing like this weird zombie thing, right? And like it's always, and none of them are always doing the same thing, and mm -hmm. it was always offbeat. Mm -hmm. That's the 80s mm -hmm. dances. So people are doing 80s dances, and there's come some people looking around like, don't look at the camera. Like, is somebody filming? Yeah. You know? And I was like, this is wonderfully slapdashed at the, at the, at the, uh, at this, this carnival, which has nothing against, or, uh, this dance, which has nothing on the Karen thing from the guest last week. Oh. <laughs> because it's weird because we have two experiments done by the government run amok in a small Very town. True. Oh, we do. Oh, back nice to back. Of tissue. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, the movie literally starts with them saying, we're discontinuing the Chud program. The Chud program. That was all about weaponizing mm -hmm. Chuds. It's the non cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And you have Bud. As basically the last the test of his subject. kind. They're going to get rid of him, fry him up, roast beef. Does that not sound similar, though, to a little uh, you know thing from Day of the Dead, mm -hmm. of which they're trying to not necessarily weaponize, but trying to figure out what's happening with the zombies. Right. And we have Bub. And then they freeze him, mm -hmm. which when we have Night of the Demon, or Night of the Creeps, so it, like, yeah. Again, there's a lot of interesting overlap mm -hmm. to what this movie does. A slapdashery feel through the whole thing. The only thing that really feels consistent with a lot of stuff is, like, the performance of Garrett Graham. Of Garrett Graham. You know, because he is the driving factor of this movie, because, because he's almost the poochie of it. Because it's his movie. He's yeah. the title of character. And so literally, when the other side characters in your shenanigan goof crew are kind of like, eh, you know, you're like, where's Poochie? Where's Bud? You know? And for unfortunately, Bud dies on his way home to the own planet. But he for they bring him back to life. Yeah. it's And this is where I think you get a lot of the Weekend of Bernie's. Mm -hmm. You get... Shenanigans. It, that's just it. It is... Mm -hmm. Suburban shenanigans. Right. College, high school shenanigans. It is. It is. And I think, and I, I loved the fact that it wanted to be bigger than it was. 
That's because fair. when you know what I'm saying, because when you have college shenanigans and suburban shenanigans and, and and zombie invasion and let's have practical explosions, I got to give it to the explosions like the practical in camera oh. explosions. Grand, because there was a few of them. All of the special effects in this film, actually, I thought worked really well. Mm-hmm. And that's including the explosions, the, the makeup. In fact, I like the, the, the look of Bud. Yeah. Where the gnarly teeth. The, and then he tries to swab himself up. Every time. A largely non-verbal performance in this film. He has very few speaking lines. But he does movie. everything great. Yes. But you know it's exactly everything in, in the delivery. And that's why this movie works. Because if you'd given this to anyone else, I mean, uh, let's face it. Uh, it's it's Chud 2, Bud the Chud. It's probably very low budget. Yeah. It's you don't necessarily get those prestige actors, but then he can roll in and just because this is this, I think was direct a video, for the I most think part so too. So it's one of those where you could see like a minimum effort given mm-hmm. to a movie like this, but no, he just injects so much life into it. The only way it would work is if him and Robert Vaughn switched roles, because <laughs> I, I would, but I the, but that would make that. it a different movie because like Bud the Chud would be too crusty. Well. Let me let's let's go into this because we we're talking about the special effects, the yeah. practicality. Ooh, that kill! There's a gag in this one. There's a great gag in this one that I we proper were both good. we're like ooh yeah. We almost we didn't necessarily do a proper clap, but but, but we reacted to it. Extremely impressed. And actually, I'm not gonna lie. I was always kind of petrified and terrified of Bunsen burners me growing too, up. Me too, because it's this open flame right there. There's no like safety precautions no. or nothing. And, like, the way you had to turn it on with the click, 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 you know? I've never been one for a pyro. No. As much as I, like, do things with lighters now, I don't, I, I don't like, like, big open Mm-mm. flames Mm-mm. like that because Mm-mm. it just seems like you're going to get hurt. And I, if I'm being honest, it meant I was in science class. I was never necessarily a science-engaged student. I kind of, <laughs> I got in trouble for, like, pulling a Michigan J. Frog thing one time in science class. A little hello, my baby. Hello, uh-huh. my darling. It was funny because we were dissecting frogs, and I was like, hey, check this out. And I made this like weird makeshift marionette with like fishing line and scalpel. Genius and McGee. And like, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my rock-down girl. So. Can't say I'm shocked. Actually, good on you. <laughs> I'm sure everyone involved was that you brought joy to those. Because I guarantee there's some people like, I was like, oh, my God, why do I have to dissect a frog? Good on you, honey. Genius. You miss me, honey. You kiss me. Da, da, oh. da, da, da. Bunts of the Bunsen burner gag itself. Yeah, the Bunsen burner gag. When in the impalement, while the flame was going on, yes. still that was the impressive part. And then getting up, and, and the then... flame is still going on. Mm-hmm. And there's actually somebody underneath the makeup with the flame coming right out of their forehead. I was like, that's fucking dangerous as shit. It's Bravo. Intense. It's intense. Bravo. Do we need to give out a Yelp review? On this one, because yeah. we actually discussed this when events were occurring. Yes and no, because there's a, <laughs> there's a prolonged chase scene where uh, where it's he Garrett Graham versus the neighbor's poodle, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, let's see where it goes, and you hear the right. But then just the comical violence that befalls upon this dog, and the way he comes back and looks, I think it like. If you don't, if you're super hypersensitive to dog, like yep, yeah, because you hear it sounds bad, but the fact he comes back and he's like a villain. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I would say if if 
like something about Mary, the treatment of the dog, and that bothers you, then don't watch this one. Right? It's very. It's, it's comical. That, it's it is, comical. Yeah. And he comes back instantly. But when he's oh. he's got a great gag too. When this little tiny poodle Jesus goes Christ. on a rampage, takes out the mailman, takes out the mailman, and drags, drags him, him across the lawn. And it's this little tiny dog just dragging this grown man, and it looks hilarious. We both reacted it's very viscerally. It was and funny. And you know that that poor stunt guy has just got he's connected to some, some line, line, some remote control dog, is just having a ball. Yep, there's <laughs> something on him. Yes. And then also, like, just the way the, 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 the Chud dog looked. It was great. <laughs> like Joker dog. Yes. This weird, and happy little... smile. Oh, <laughs> Mouthful of teeth. It, and he stayed along with the, whole, the Chud was, group crew. He was the part, group crew. He survived. He was part of the, he was one of the main people that, like, lived on through the Chuds. That's when we end up seeing with Bianca Jacker and that, that little cameo there. But that, last, that actual shot of them descending upon the dance with... The with the dog in tow, mm-hmm. a little near darkest. Very. It 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 was demon esque. Demon esque. It added a little. I would never say gravitas, but it's a it's one of those shots that stands out in a film that is largely without those kind of shots. Right. Because it's basically built on these it's shenanigans. It's it's a goof. You don't have, when you're when you're making a movie like so goofy, you don't need a lot of nuance. No, even no. with the camera work. No, you know. So well, this is when you have shots like that. When you have some you know, practicality with the gore with, effects, yeah. it's like oh, nice. And I think we probably did that about five times during the movie. Yeah. and I think that's kind of perfect with a ninety-minute film. Yeah. Where you're going to have those moments that go, ah, oh, great gag, or hey, great shot. In between, all this, the silly stuff that's happening. The cat lady and her aerobics. And I know people still work out, but aerobicizing and all of the things that went into aerobics was right. such a thing. And that's also where this movie leans heavily into The Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Yeah. Is they have a number of zombies watching ladies work out. The zombies themselves are working out. And it's Stephen King approved, but it almost got a lot more Stephen King approved. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I I felt bad for them, like not devouring a toddler. But then at the same time, I was like, like, because you just ate a whole bunch of kids. A lot of kids. And the kids are going out eating Norman Fell and fucking June Lockhart. Spoilers. Which was great. Which was great. So and he's like, yeah, baby. I'm like, he's going to have a California baby sandwich. Right. And so. Uh, and so I guess not. And then, uh, cause they were like, Oh, let's go get Katie. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. So, well, and then the yum, yum, yum. And she's over there in her black velvet. <laughs> My little chud cried, <laughs> but no, there's the moment in where they go to eat them up, eat them up. Yum, yum, yum. I knew that from return of the living dead too. When the zombies are driving around doing all that, Uh huh. you correctly pointed out. Cause they do that in this film. They mm-hmm. do the eat them up, eat them up. Yum, yum, yum. You pointed out it wasn't came from somewhere else. It came actually, so it came from a multiple places. So it came from there's a scene in Todd Browning's Freaks where it came from, kind of near the Google Gobble as Mm -hmm. well. But also in the Little Rascals when he's dealing with the politically incorrect wild man from Borneo. Oh boy, the wild man from (laughs) Borneo. He liked to say, "Eat him up, eat him up, yum yum yum," or "Yum yum yum, eat him up, eat him up." So he was interplay those too. Sure. And so I was like, okay, well, there you go. So. Okay, see, and again, 
the education of one Greg D. So it no, goes both ways. <laughs> I liked old black and white comedies. <laughs> you do lean heavy into that, and especially with like the younger child actors as well. With some of those, yeah, it's 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 this weird little niche that you have. Because like the kids in those little rascal movies are getting fucked up, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're playing marbles, and next thing you know, like. One gets pelted in the face with a fucking marble right between the eye. It's hilarious. Well, not only do we have aerobic lady. Yeah. We have aerobic lady and her cat. She's an aerobic cat lady. Which, as someone that is a cat person, Mm -hmm. I know you can probably appreciate more. And also the aerobic lady talking mad shit. Mad shit. To the aerobic lady. Mad shit. That is leading the thing on the TV. You skinny. What'd she call it? You skinny neo-Nazi. She called her a neo-Nazi without a doubt. She called him a neo-Nazi. You skinny neo-Nazi commandeering bitch. I hate your guts. I mean, you're just like, wow. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. And then the foul mouth kids are great, too. Always appreciate the foul mouth kids. I love these foul mouth kids. Can always appreciate that. And then... uh, uh, let's see. Her Palpert. I mean, from WKRP in Cincinnati. No, Rich Hall. No, I'm sorry. That was him. I always oh. get those two confused. I was like, wait, he went, where was he? Right. We had a drunken smoking mortician. Yes, we did. Which we, we talked about this. We said that if they are drinking and smoking, that can actually make up or equate to. You're right. Eating or being over a, a body. Yeah. That's fair. And I think if you're a creep over a body that like goes over everything. You know what I'm saying? So we, well, had, we had our creep mortician. Uh, no, our, our dirty mortician. Dirty mortician. Then we had what else? Uh, oh, we date ourselves a lot on the show. A lot on the show. Let's see how many people would know if I say less filling. Hmm. Tastes great. Less filling. Tastes great. Less filling. Uh, we're old. <laughs> we're old. We're old, and so is this movie. I but it leans into it, right? It feels this is very much a film from 1989. It is without a doubt. But there is another thing that for me was a standout of this movie that injected some life. Yeah, every now and again when you needed it, when when it was his theme song, when the you know when you know shenanigans song. are about, you know zombie shenanigans are about to happen when you hear this jaunty tune. Yeah, this is a jaunty tune and a half. So when that hit, yeah, ah, shenanigans, zombie shenanigans, and it's almost like the zombies are gonna save the zombie rec center, because <laughs> that is well quintessential eighties shenanigan music. But talking about eating people. Well, the best part though is if you noticed the couples that were doing the choreographed dancing mm-hmm. were the ones that were avoiding getting eaten. Right. Based on said choreography. Maybe there's something about the choreographing. Maybe I need to be <laughs> like, maybe if there's a zombie apocalypse, I need to break out in song and dance. Dance. Yeah. That's it worked for way. Anna. <laughs> but this goes into kind of the, the grand 
um, just so many number of zombie movies that end up in a dance club, be it like Blood Diner. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we don't have. You don't like, have Dino Lee in the Hitler horn there. section. Can you imagine Bud the Chud with the Hitler horn section? If Beef put on a concert oh, yeah. with Dino Lee's backing band. Yeah, ta- oh, that'd be grand. That'd be grand. Yeah. That would actually work really well. Yeah. I, I see now you, you get me you get this kind of stuff in my head. I'm like, uh, oh, that's not gonna happen. Uh everybody got in the pool like it was the end of shivers. Which or like the end of uh yeah, oh, shivers. Oh yeah, shivers. Oh yeah, don't dream it, be it genius. But like, I don't know if I don't dream it and be it with Bud Chud and all the cat lady aerobic size and everybody in the town. It's it's not breaker? the same. No, no. But like Just, it's not the same as the Manny Pixie Dream Girl and Sexy Hot Nurse from uh Shivers. That's very true. That's very true. If I had to choose, if I had to choose, because I wouldn't go in the pools anyway, as much as I like, I mean, not if they're not deep, because I can't swim. But like, <laughs> if I had to choose which pool, mm-hmm. either the Bud the Chud's cold pool or the pool with the, 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 yeah. Them's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going in that pool. Yeah. That's, you're consistent yeah. on brand, on brand. Not going over greats either. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes we do have to like, argue or defend if a film is truly a Halloween film or a movie that you can watch during Halloween. Mm-hmm. To me, this is one that you don't necessarily have to defend. Absolutely because not. we end up at a at Halloween, Halloween dance. dance. Everyone is dressed up, and it's building into that. But, And I know you mentioned why you avoided this film. But it's weird, though, because the fact that it's a sequel to Chud. Mm-hmm. It's got Garrett Graham. Mm-hmm. It's a Halloween film. Mm-hmm. These are all things... That I would love. ...that you seemingly would have enjoyed. Right. Well, I didn't know it was a Halloween film. Mm-hmm. And so, knew- okay, so that was a good surprise. Right. Especially when I approached you in the game. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. okay. Uh, also, like, I wasn't... I don't know if I was a big of beef appreciatist. At the time. You know? That's at, fa- yeah. I mean, because, you know, and then two... Well, like as much as I love horror comedies, I think something like again I'm a maybe a purist with my chuds. That's know? fair. And like honestly, I think of like about the chud or chud two or chud one. I'm still thinking lean. I'm gonna lean to chud one because I mean just my the baggage we bring. Sure. Right. But I had a good time with this. It was fun and like the dog kills are great. The budge the 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 song was great. Garrett Graham, wonderful. Great. I mean this movie is fun. Well, it's not. I don't know if I would put this in my yearly Hollywood Halloween rotation. Maybe every other year. Maybe every, every other, other year. Years. Yeah, like that uh, nice surprise. Going, oh yeah, I'm in the movie for some beef, and that's just it. Ideally, maybe introduce someone mm-hmm. as a first time viewer. Right. You want to see something goofy? Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. And the word of the day and the word of the year at this point is fun. And yeah. Fun is what we're going to be focusing yeah, on. Good time. <laughs> so I'm glad you enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. And also glad getting you to watch newer films. Yeah. Because I know that's a tough thing for you because you got Yakuza. You got your YouTube channels, your, your stories. Got my stories. <laughs> so it's good for, I think, for more than anything. And it's, and it's also on me. Again, I only watched this for the first time last year. So being going from like the I've seen that feed to the main feed, mm-hmm. I like it this when a fun. movie has that journey. Yeah. It's really good. So all the fun we mentioned is all about uh, we needed the fun, you needed the fun, and you're going to find out why all that fun was to be needed with our annual Halloween Hangover episode, which will be coming up next It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Catharsis, all that kind of good stuff. But Mm -hmm. again, man, I'm glad this one worked for you. Yeah, this is good. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. This is beautiful.